Hello, Max Kirkham, executive producer for It's Personal. Once again, talking with one of my favorite It's Personal alum, Ariel Putman, about her performance from our Bitches Get Personal show in July, 2020. Sharing her experiences with sexuality and vulnerability growing up, Ariel explored the emotional scars we carry into adulthood and her journey toward overcoming them. Let's get personal. for me to say would include the words my body and sexy in the same sentence. I guess you can trace it back to when I was really little and my obsession with teddy bears. Not because they were cute and cuddly, but I had a thing for humping them until my cheeks turned bright red. One day during one of my sessions, I was grinding this long, white, fluffy polar bear, and my mom walks in. She walks in, I halt. She asks, what are you doing? Playing? She didn't yell or threaten to pinch or send me to the corner. She just took the teddy bear away and I felt something I have never felt before. I felt shameful. I used to spend a lot of weekends at my uncle's house and I would always play with the little girl next door. She and I would rub our bare bellies together and giggle. Why? I don't know. It felt good. We called it playing doctor. Well, one day her mom walked in on us and freaked out and said that we were being very, very, very inappropriate. And I felt dirty. When I was 12, I went to the doctor for bronchitis-like symptoms. The male pediatrician was wearing SpongeBob SquarePants scrubs and he walked into the room cracking jokes, to which I remember my head was pounding. I was not in the mood. He starts his exam and asks me to lie down, and one of the first thing he does without any consent is take my purple and pink silky pajama bottoms and does a little peekaboo, grasping my underwear with his thumb, exposing all my pubic hair. I dart a look at my mom, to which she responds, oh, and he just says, just making sure everything is normal down there. He proceeds with the exam, pressing on my abdomen, and asks if it's tender. I say, yeah, it hurts pretty bad. And now that I think about it, I've been coughing a shit ton. So yeah, it hurt bad. He was very concerned and insisted that we proceed with an anal exam. My mom was in so much shock, she almost started laughing. It was so uncomfortable for her, she had to leave the room. My mom left the room. 
a female nurse walked in to hold my hand. And I remember my 12 year old brain was like, what is happening? Am I dying? Why can't I just get some medicine and go home? It was awful. And shocker, they didn't find anything alarming. I had strep throat and bronchitis. I remember taking a really hot bath that night to help me break my fever and staring down at my belly. Why did I say that my stomach hurt? And then staring down at my pubic hair and wincing. I felt violated. In high school, I would always read my mom's Cosmopolitans. I mean, I would just fixate on images of what a sexy woman should look like and how a sexy woman should act. I mean, I would tear up these pages and tape them on my walls, along with like supermodels in Vogue. I was so desperate to become a woman that I lost my virginity at 14. It was too early. But now I'm an adult, so it's okay to have sex, you know, be free, sex positivity. But I can't help but feel like I'm still in my younger self's body, feeling shameful and dirty and violated. I sometimes think about that scene in Bridesmaids where Becca's telling Rita about her sweetheart honeymoon at Walt Disney World and how Kevin can only have sex in the bed, under the covers, in the dark, after they showered separately. And I'll lay there like laughing to myself, like, oh my God, is that me? That doesn't sound so bad. And then I'll continue to lay there and brainstorm and then thinking like, well, okay, what if I just had a better body? What if I got waxed? What if I went to therapy? And then I start thinking, do you think that there are other people out there laying there with a ball in their throat a heavy chest, frozen, feeling like they're not worthy of intimacy. Maybe. Maybe I take responsibility for that inner child that doesn't feel safe and tell her that she is safe now. Maybe I invite her to go on this journey of self-love. Maybe my story will help others begin theirs. Well, I'm here. And it's hard. But speaking my truth has lit a flame that has never been lit before. And it feels, dare I even say it, sexy. Hi, Ariel. Hi, Max. Hi, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy to be back on a lovely Sunday. 
Yes, it's beautiful. I I feel like um, this is like Max and Ariel show now. On uh, we've talked to each other. I think this is our third time. I know. I, I I wouldn't want it any other way. I know. Actually, I think I'm in a the masculinity show coming up, and I think I'm going to ask if you can interview me for the. Uh... Okay, don't make me cry because <laughs> I would love that. I yes, would absolutely okay. love that. Okay, okay. Well, let's make it happen. Yeah, oh we're my gosh. Make it happen. <laughs> oh, got goosebumps. That would be so great. Um, so you performed uh, this piece that we're talking about and that our uh, listeners just heard at our Bitches Get Personal show last year, which of course is our all-women show that happens every year with the Bitchery of History. What brought this about? Like why, when you heard the theme, when you knew you were going to be in Bitches Get Personal, why did you decide to talk about this? I think the theme was, I don't know, I could be wrong, but I think it was like, how are you changing the world from where you stand, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think that was, and I always struggle <laughs> with the themes. Like I, I think about it too, like I get too into it. I get too in my head. Right. And it was, it always comes down to the best storytelling to me is how vulnerable can you get? Yeah. Because the more vulnerable you are, the more likely someone out there can relate to your story. And so I always barely scratch the surface with my first draft. And then it takes, like, the amazing directors, Liz and Riley, the whole team, being like, okay, let's go. Like, go deeper. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. we're not going to just have an easy way out and get to tell, like, a little blurb of something <laughs> vulnerable without actually going get and making it a piece. So that's why I love this whole it's personal process because you don't have to come out to it like, hey, I have a perfect piece. I am ready to go. I'm a star. No, it's like you – it's a process. And it's right. it's process until – right before you perform it because things come out in your performance you know you're feeling emotions not just saying the words and anytime it's bitches get personal they they are my favorite for a reason it's truly bonding and and it's a special group that you're with it was a personal thing I was going I mean it's a con I'm still going through it to where Mm. I have this feeling always of all the things I described whether it be you know shame and feeling dirty or uncomfortable I was really going through at that time and I was like okay this is what I usually journal about like should I (laughs) tell everyone who's gonna be watching this show and share this with my friends and family who's gonna be seeing it and it was incredibly frank so I'm sure we'll get into all of that but that's where I came to I'm like you know that I think this is I don't want to write about anything else besides this true thing that still kind of haunts me because I know other people probably have to feel yeah you know a lot of times I feel like our performers they kind of get to this place where they're ready to share something maybe they've already worked through it um and like the last step I know for me a lot of times when I perform and it's personal like the last step to working through something is sharing it and being public about it Mm -hmm. do you feel like that was what this was or do you feel like this was I am still working on it but in order for me to work through this next step I need to share it like I'm not quite there where I'm over it no it's exactly like i almost thought this piece was a good starting point of admitting Mm. of actually sitting and thinking why do i feel this way like kind of being my own therapist in a way like where it's not like i hold on to these stories that i told really closely it was just Mm -hmm. like one story came to me um i think it was the first story about my mom yeah like my mom catching me with the polar bear yeah I think because we were talking about like another family member who's like doing the norm, what normal girls do. 
and it just reminded me of this feeling. I'm like, oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. So yeah, it actually was a good starting point. Before you always just try to hide it up,、mm-hmm. like okay, if there's a moment for intimacy or any of that, like okay, like have a glass. You know what I mean? Like I would get so nervous and feel、right. all this pressure. I just feel like I just wasn't normal. That right. You know, you should be sex positive. Like I'm at the age where you should be confident,、yeah. like love yourself. And I was like, I'm not living your best life. Exactly. You know, and and I love that positivity night. And like, I am a good voice for someone who needs that little confidence boost. But like for some reason, when it comes to me, I was like, yeah, no. So <laughs> this piece was it's a weird a beginning of like, oh, okay, it feels so good to like own it, like own. And I think、yeah. I said like owning. What I feel is to me sexy. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's all. It's often I feel like part of being sexy is that being vulnerable. I think that's a lot of what people are attracted to, especially guys. I think are attracted、mm-hmm. to being able to see that side of of someone else. And I I would say women, but I think that goes for gay men as well. So yeah, we, I think and vulnerability is sexy a lot of times. Um, I, I, we're going to talk about the piece, but I feel like we're already kind of in this discussion about process. Do you feel like if this wasn't an all women show, that you would have been able to speak about this, or you would have been able to explore this? And then conversely, do you think because it was a Zoom show and not an、mm. audience show,、mm. you know, do you feel like you were able to get a little more personal, a little more intimate because you were just kind of speaking to your camera? In your room,、mm-hmm. I think you were sitting on your bed for the performance, yes. right? Yes. Yeah, and like I made sure like the lighting felt warm. Right. Wow, those are all so great. Okay, so the thing what I love about the it's personal group is it's usually a really safe space for me, and、yeah. you can tell like, even like whenever we met in person, you know, back when we did live shows, there's just so many amazing people that you get to、yeah. meet, and you you do feel safe because everyone's. You know, you could feel the nerves of everyone before they get ready to say their piece, and then the support from everyone.、Yeah. Well, it's even in our actors' agreement that this is a、yes. safe space, and you are required to love yourself. Exactly. Yeah. So、mm-hmm. I just felt like this piece was more tailored to the theme of. If we've ever done a sexuality like show, like I think this would have been a great piece for that. But I think、yeah. it was like something that bitches get personal to me is like I'm exploring my. Feminine, you know, energy and that side, and this is, to me, this fits that role. That is my yeah. sexuality. So yeah. I felt like it was appropriate for the show. But if the space was accepting of this story, I think I would have done it with men. You know, because I, like I said, it's a,、mm-hmm. I feel it's a very safe group. The doing it live, that I think it, the piece would have been slightly different. Mm-hmm. More nerve wracking for me because there is some some security when you're just by yourself doing the piece. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I could have done this piece live,、yeah. like in front of an audience. I'm sure I could have with with because we have amazing directors, and I'm sure they we would have、right. gotten it to a place to where I could have done that. But yeah, it aligned perfectly for where I was in my life, the timing of the show, and like all these things I was discovering. So I was just super、yeah. thankful for that. Good, good. Talking about the the piece itself, you know, two of these stories—the first two stories that you tell, the one with your polar bear, and then the one with your that really gross interaction with that doctor—they、mm-hmm. both included your mom,、um, like as a main character. Did she know that you were going to be telling these stories? Did she watch the show? I I I always tell her before because she's she's been a part of a couple, 
And I did. And she, of course, she has to deal with her own issues. I mean, for her, the first story is like, you were being a normal kid. And right. she was a young mom. And at that time, like, we were not, I feel like, as opening and accepting. And like, you know, she just thought it was funny. Mm. She's like, oh, we did that to all of the kids. All the kids had their little face. And as a parent, right. I guess when you're a young parent, you just don't know, like, that's a normal phase to go through. Like, you just don't want your kid to be doing that. It's, I don't know. Like, there's a, it's a really weird, touchy subject right. that, we, uh, that we were able to have a conversation about. And the, the doctor one is hard for her because she said she just knew, mm. it, which explains her laughing and her being like, okay, I'm, uh, I, she can't, her saying like, I can't, I can't be in here when this happens. Like it was so uncomfortable for her and she knew it was wrong. And she was actually the one that brought it up recently, which kind of sparked that memory in my head again. She's like, God, I just feel so bad for that weird pediatrician. Like that was just such a weird experience. And mm. who knows, maybe they really did think something was wrong. I'm not like doing all these false clay. It was just such right. a right, and it's a, at the end of the day, you're you're only left with the feelings that it left you with, right? Like you, you can't go back and ask that, nor should you go back and like ask that doctor, right. like, what exactly were you looking for in that moment? Yeah, and it's. I think my mom knows I was her first child. She had me when she mm. was young, unexpected. How many siblings do you have? I have three other siblings, so I'm the oldest, okay. and I'm a new aunt as well. Congratulations. Mazel tov. Thank you. My younger sister had her baby boy end of March. So having a growing family, it's hard, first of all, being in LA, but it's we're able to talk almost about us growing up and us being that age. And even my mom be like, it's hard because she was so young. She doesn't remember a lot. She just didn't know a lot. She didn't have all the... How old was she? You don't think she'd mind asking? She was 19. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, it was just like one of those, like, you know, just not having the resource and just not knowing. So, of course, like, mm-hmm. now, I feel like a lot of moms, they carry this guilt. Because, you know, even though a mom, sure. they're doing the best they can. Yeah. Yeah, we, we talked about it. And I don't think she watched the show live that... You know, I think it was still hard for her, but I think she watched it after. My sister always watches the show, and so I knew I had support there, but I had to make it very clear. Like, I wasn't blaming you in any way, but it is, it, sure. it's just these are feelings that I have. They're connected, and right. this is a very therapeutic show, and these are good topics I should probably bring up with the therapist, you know? Yeah, so. yeah. Well, it's very much like that, The the different stages of... Describing it as stages of grief feels a little like grief feels like the wrong word, but I feel like it's the same principle, right? Where it's like you have to realize that something happened and then as you work your way through it, like you have you find someone to blame and then finally you realize like you get that perspective that like you just said, she our moms are trying to do their best, right? And they can only do their best to such a certain extent um, before you realize that at the end of the day, they're just they're human, Mm -hmm. just like the rest of us are. Um, one of my questions was going to be, have you talked about these incidents since they happened? And I guess we've, we've covered that a little bit, but has it been, you know, since she did watch the show, like, is it easier for you to discuss these things? Like, had you relayed your side of the story in this much detail to her before? Not when it comes to it still affecting my feelings around sexuality Mm. and intimacy. And that's always still a weird subject, I think to dive into with your mom <laughs> so we're yeah. able to touch the surface and it's acknowledged but I think it's just like okay it's a little uncomfortable let's move on you know where yeah I you know that. even talking with my partner 
was hard because they're like, they just didn't understand. You know what I mean? That part, mm-hmm. I, I'm still kind of working through how to best articulate my feelings when it comes to like, Hey, it's not you or, you know, it's, it's, it's me, <laughs> you know, and like just trying to work that out. So mm-hmm. I will say total honesty, like sometimes talking about that vulnerable thing, it's a lot. And then you want to shut back down again, right? It's not, nothing's perfect. It doesn't go like, okay, we're steady incline. We're vulnerable. We're getting better. We're doing it. You know, sometimes (laughs) it's, I got into a little dip. And I think Mm -hmm. that that can be to be expected to where like, oh, okay. Like that was really hard. Maybe a little too open, you know, and then Mm -hmm. now let's go to our safe space, which is, you know, I'm a huge introvert. So, like, alone time, like, disconnecting from a lot, whether it's been watching TV, any little escape, any kind of (laughs) thing I can do, like, I realize I did go there. And then we'll not acknowledge feelings that are coming up until they are forcing themselves to come up. So, I think, yeah, just being aware that I do do that is helpful, too. Mm -hmm. That's why I do love this, like, love telling these stories. Like, I'm sure people can relate to that, like... You're going to yeah. be vulnerable, I'm sure, with the piece, and then it might affect you a certain way, but then you're aware of that, and it just kind of helps yeah. your process. What are you, what are your, um, your, like, comfort things? <laughs> what do you go to when you're feeling uncomfortable? Oh, I love food, and I love crunchy okay. food. So, crunchy I food. used to, like, a bag of chips. To me, like, a bag okay. of chips and a good reality TV show. Mm. Okay. You know what my next question is going to be? <laughs> What flavor, what shape? Okay. It's like in an ideal world. So ideal, I just made the switch to, I think they're called Asha Pops. What's that? They're like popped water lily seeds and they're a good source of plant protein and magnesium. And so okay. and it's all like plant-based. And This is the most LA answer so I LA. could have and I, No shame whatsoever. <laughs> but because I'd be eating a bag of kettle chips and I love, uh-huh. um, which Riley's going to love this, I love salt and vinegar. Ooh, salt and vinegar is so mm, good. Love a salt and vinegar. Barbecue, sour cream, any, any, even original. I just liked that crunch. Mm-hmm. And it's it's terrible. It's like mindless eating. But now with Ashapops... <laughs> This is not an ad, I promise, but, like, I feel like... <laughs> not a sponsor, unless they want to be. Yeah, I mean, I, I would take it. I love all of their flavors. They, My favorite is uh-huh. garlic and turmeric, which is so, so good mm. for you. But, Sounds um, amazing. And then right now, my reality TV show choice is The Circle on Netflix. Have you watched The Circle? No, what's that? I, it's, like, kind of based around social media, which I think being mm-hmm. in that aim generation you know AOL, AOL instant messenger mm-hmm. so essentially you don't see any of the people in the circle you all have like your own cute apartment and you can either play yourself because it's all done like it looks like through like instant messaging kind of or you can uh-huh. be a catfish and it's just like it's hard to explain but it they do such a good job it's funny it's juicy there's drama they they elect one person to be like the influencer who blocks one person <laughs> it's I don't know. To me, I've really no shame. I mean, first, I think it's I enjoy the mindless <laughs> mm. things of bad reality. It sounds like it fun. Is. Yeah, it sounds like fun. Um, and then I have healthy habits where I like to like take walks, taking mm. my dog hiking, going to the beach. What's your dog's name? Shelby. 
Shelby has made, uh, our listeners can't hear this, but Shelby has made a few little appearances during this recording session, which I'm <laughs> always grateful for. It's like uh, sometimes when I record with Riley and you can see Nutmeg's nose popping into frame. <laughs> They're just the best. Not all yeah. animals are truly the best. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Talking about your piece again, do you still feel like you're in your like younger self's body? You mentioned in the piece that you... You know, when you kind of think about being sexy, you think about being intimate, you kind of travel back to being that younger version of yourself. Are you still in that place or are you a little bit of an older version of yourself when you get into that situation or how are you doing these days? You know, it's funny because I, I always feel like I've stayed the same age, even though I'm getting older. Like my mm. body still feels like it's a teenager, if that makes sense. Like mm. I still, which is yeah. interesting. That, that, that was something like, my grandma said once is that you... As you get older, you never feel like you're older. Your body just looks older. Yeah, it's weird. Like, oh, oh, okay. Like, I see myself in the mirror. I'm worried I'm looking like, oh, okay, I got a couple new wrinkles. Or I love my gray hair. You know, it's it's fun to me getting older, but it's weird. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it doesn't align with how I'm feeling. Or if I were to see mm-hmm. myself in certain clothes, you know, like, you know, as a woman, I don't know. I, I, for me, personally, I'm always comparing myself to other women or if I'm like, I'm in this new role professionally where you dress professional now. And there's sometimes mm-hmm. I still show up. I'm like, I feel like I'm a little kid with a bunch of adults, <laughs> like just how <laughs> my body feels and how I look. And I am yeah. on the shorter side. And, and so when it comes to, yeah, being intimate, there's definitely still like, oh, I still feel like a little girl compared to what I have seen on television or maybe even just with some of my beautiful friends like I don't feel like this woman I still feel like Mm. I'm a girl at a sleepover who's like uncomfortable to change in front of my friends (laughs) you know like I want to be the girl that goes into the bathroom or even in gym class you know he's like really good wearing long shirts so I can hurry up and take my shorts down put my other pants up without you know what I mean like it's weird yeah and sometimes it's like finding the charm and changing my thoughts, you know, we're like, oh, don't make mm-hmm. that like a bad thing. Like just embracing like that's what makes me sexy is maybe. That was going to be one of my questions. You, you, you near the end of your piece, you talk about how you, you wonder if, you know, you still have these thoughts like, am I good enough? Or maybe if I didn't have a, had a different body or maybe if I went to therapy, you know, I think all those thoughts are really relatable, right? You talk about, I wonder if there are other people laying in bed thinking these same mm-hmm. things and I think especially when we're living in a city like Los Angeles I mean I can t- I'm a gay man living in Los <laughs> Angeles I can promise you I've had those thoughts <laughs> and I know a lot of other people probably have too have you found any techniques or do you have anything like in particular that you say to yourself that you could you know that help you break out of those thoughts and feelings and that might help other people break out of those thoughts and feelings yeah it's it's almost treating those thoughts as a not a different person, but like, I will catch myself like, no, no, you are beautiful. Don't say that, Mm. you know, or Mm. if I were to see myself in a mirror and maybe like feel that little heat of anxiety, like, oh gosh, I don't like the way this looks, change it and be like, stop it. Like, stop. No, like almost like talk to myself like I'm a kid. Cause that's, I think that's, it's Mm -hmm. such a true thing. Like 
it's like this little temper tantrum sometimes I feel like I do to where I'm learning to have thoughts to talk to myself and to nurture myself and it doesn't always mm-hmm. work like like uh-huh yeah right like I don't believe you but then like I find me just like sticking up for myself to myself is what has been helpful yeah. like or even I love that I've made a new morning routine like I never had a morning ritual before I've always wanted mm-hmm. one and now that I do work super early I wake up and I do whether it's a little prayer meditation working out something physical at least every day I don't even if it's just a walk those things have helped me tremendously that's fantastic so that's one thing where I wasn't doing and I was feeling the guilt of not doing that to now yeah. taking that time for me is such <laughs> Shelby. Shelby, she's sticking out for me. She's like, you were beautiful, <laughs> mom. You do it. <laughs> we're going to keep that in. I love that. <laughs> no, she's my biggest cheerleader. Fair. No negative thoughts here. Um, but like taking that time and seeing my body get stronger or just enjoying whether it's like a little dance routine workout I'm mm. doing or yeah. that I feel more like confident in my skin you know and that's just taking that time before but, like I don't have time to do that so the simple yeah. thing of just taking I don't I have 30 minutes in the morning yeah. to do a little prayer little body movement mm-hmm. it could be like today I'm gonna make myself the most amazing avocado toast on gluten-free bread so LA but you know like taking these little t- it's like the love languages yeah. for yourself like how can <laughs> I do these things and all it's the words of affirmation yeah, it's the physical <laughs> touch or working out for yourself so those things have been helpful Mm -hmm. i really identify with the like getting your body moving and going on for going on a walk i have found that that really helps me when i'm having like when i'm going through negative Mm -hmm. thoughts or something i just say okay stand up get out of your room go for a walk get your body moving there's a lot of nature i live in a area in a part of la that has a lot of like nice houses around the area so i like i go and i look at the houses and I compare them to each other and I pretend oh if I live there I change the paint here I would I really like that roof or I don't like that roof and I judge the rich people which is always it's always good therapy to judge rich people this is what I do so I literally (laughs) you can tell them Shelby this is what we do every day when I get off work sometimes I do not want to I'm like I want to grab that bag of chips and turn the TV right away. But, like, I obviously need to take my dog out. And we drive to, like, Hancock Park because I'm, like, right in that area. Mm. We do the same thing. I live right around there. That Those are the rich people I judge. Yes. We need to do more. <laughs> we do walks and we judge and plan together. Yes. Be like, why would you do this kind of landscaping? Literally. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it is. I think, you know, some, it's just the hardest part is getting out that door. Yeah. Like, oh, got to put on my shoes, yeah. looking at my phone. It's just like, no, when you get out and then, yeah, you come back and you're just <laughs> grounded. You know, yeah. like it's just a little tiny yeah. bit. Yeah, it's perspective. It's mm-hmm. all a matter of perspective. Um, how many It's Personal shows have you been in now? Okay, so I did Bitches Get Personal, Horrifying, like Surviving. Survival. Survival. And... This, yeah, so I think this is my f- fourth. Awesome. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. And then it's always, it's so nice to talk to you again. I can't wait to um, interview you again. Or on the next one, you'll be interviewing me, perhaps. Um, but I do have one more question. You know, we ask okay. at the end of all of these podcasts, we ask something related to the theme of the show itself. And this is one of my favorite ones because, you know, I'm, I host the Bitry of History. So I love, I love this word. 
Um, and I, so I love asking this question, but what does the word bitch mean to you? <laughs> oh, it's taken me a moment. <laughs> um, you know what? It's <laughs> right now I'm going to say it's that voice that is sticking up for myself. It's the voice that doesn't care about the judgment, the repercussions, doing what is right and doing it at all costs as, you know, not tone policing yourself for being too aggressive or it, it to me, it's about being aggressive in a loving way. <laughs> I love that. Aggressive and passionate rooted in love. I love that. For yourself and for others. Yeah. Well, Ariel, thank you so much for sharing this piece with us. I know it was especially vulnerable. I'm glad that It's Personal could provide that forum for you to work through that stuff and i'm glad that you were able to be so vulnerable with us i really appreciate it um and of course i always appreciate catching up with you as well <laughs> thank you max one of my favorite part of the process is getting to do this with you and it's, no. it's it's so fun and i'm really honored to have been invited to these shows to perform in these shows to meet all the people i've met and i can't wait to do more well until next time bye bye It's Personal is a live storytelling show with a twist. You can find tickets to future shows in the 2021 season at itspersonalonstage.com or in the link in our Instagram bio at itspersonalonstage. While you're on our website, take a second to catch up with our blog. Sign up for a class or two. Invest in a membership and explore our store for the coolest merch in town. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.